It's time for overtime. Stop what you're doing and listen. In the world of sports, it's all about the playmakers in today's headlines, from locals to the pros, with interviews from local standouts and sports all-stars across the country that will have you talking. Still going. Still going. Good night. Touchdown. Hear from coaches to players, sports analysts, and broadcasters who are a part of the action every day. Overtime, now on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. Back for more, hour number two, kicking off on a Tuesday. Welcome into Overtime, trackable throughout the show at ESPN Sioux Falls. You can track me down and yell at me on Twitter personally at Bert ESPN and weigh in via the ESPN hotline 605-362-3776. Special thanks in hour number one to Dano for calling in as always and also Anna Dua joining us with NHL.com, NHL Fantasy Uh, as well on Anna's resume, and really did a nice job breaking down the wild situation in the East and the logjam of teams in the West, which includes the Minnesota Wild, who will be back in action tonight as we take a look at your scorecard. Still to come later on this hour, we'll give you the latest uh, auto bids that can be clinched or have been clinched for the NCAA tournament in Division I, and also the latest bracketology. Quick look at that before we talk with Summit League Commissioner Josh Fenton to round out what has been another fantastic Summit League tournament here at the Denny Sanford Premier Center. And we will round out the show with the good, the bad, and the ugly at the end of the hour. Scorecard from last night, a couple interesting scores out of the NBA. Boston loses loses their third straight and fourth out of their last five on the road at Cleveland, 118-114 in overtime. Miami wins at home over Atlanta, 131-28. And Denver, just shy of another triple-double for Nikola Jokic, defeats Toronto at home in Denver, 118-113 to tonight in the NBA. You don't have to stay up late for the Timberwolves. They'll be tipping it off at 6.30 on TNT, home against the 76ers. That's a big one, and that'll tell you just the quality of the Timberwolves. They really got their footing towards the end of that California road trip. Other games tonight, Bucks at Magic at 6 o'clock, Warriors at Thunder at 7 And the nightcap on TNT, Grizzlies visit the Lakers. Lakers playing good basketball without LeBron James in the lineup. NHL Finals yesterday, Chicago won at home over Ottawa 5-0. Edmonton over Buffalo on the road 3-2. And Vancouver got a shootout win at home over Nashville 4-3. Tonight in the National Hockey League, Wild will host the Flames at 7 o'clock. Minnesota's looking for their fifth straight win. And they've won eight of their last nine. Blues visit the Coyotes at 8 and the Sharks in Denver for a matchup with the Avalanche also at 8 o'clock. Final scores from the Summit League basketball tournament on the men's side yesterday. Oral Roberts 70, St. Thomas 65. Golden Eagles trailed the Tommies at the half, but Max Aismas and crew a little bit too much for the Tommies yesterday, 70-65. North Dakota State with a big win over South Dakota State, 89-79. Today in men's basketball, ORU-NDSU, that is an 8 o'clock start time from the Denny. And elsewhere, ninth-rated Gonzaga, 16th-rated St. Mary's. That is the West Coast Conference Final, 8 o'clock tip time on ESPN. Other conference finals, if you're a mid-major guy like myself, Fairleigh Dickinson and Merrimack doing battle in the Northeast Conference Final, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. 6 o'clock on ESPN will be the Horizon League Final with Northern Kentucky and Cleveland State looking to punch their ticket to the big dance. And then UNC Wilmington and Charleston, that's the CAA title, Also a 6 o'clock start on CBS Sports Network, so that's 6 o'clock hour tonight 
You've got three title games, and you've got the T-Wolves in action. And then at 7 o'clock, the Wilder in action. So quite a busy night uh, in the sports world. Women's basketball, SDSU punched their ticket to today's final with an 87-60 win over Oral Roberts yesterday. And it was Omaha, the seven seed, with a 69-60 win over UMKC. UConn won the Big East Tournament 67-56 over Nova yesterday. And today and tonight in women's basketball, Gonzaga looks to win a West Coast Conference final matchup in their tournament over Portland. That's a 3 o'clock start on ESPNU. And, of course, SDSU and Omaha doing battle here shortly, less than an hour away, 1 o'clock the start time from the Denny Sanford Premier Center. As we lead off your Bank headlines of the day, we'll start at the same as we did in hour number one, and that's with the most recent news on the Aaron Rodgers situation as it continues to develop as the New York Jets have had conversations with the Green Bay Packers and quarterback Aaron Rodgers this week regarding a potential trade of the four-time MVP. If the Jets are speaking directly with Rodgers, they have and would have to have the uh, Packers' permission as he's still under contract with Green Bay, so the idea that Discussions Rodgers is having with the Jets indicate at least some openness on the part of the Packers to the idea of trading him there. There are also potential complications to a deal, including Rodgers' huge and complicated contract that may have to be addressed to make sure both teams would be in compliance with the salary cap by the start of the new league year, and that's Wednesday at 3 o'clock Central. Again, Rodgers under contract through 2024 for $109 million. And because of his bonus money being prorated, Rodgers would not hobble the Jets cap. He would only count $16 million next year and 33 in 2024. However, the Packers would get hit with a $40 million dead charge in 2023. That's nearly $9 million more than he'd count if he were on the roster. And as far as... uh. My limited knowledge on the situation goes, it's because it's guaranteed money, a signing bonus that is due at the time of signing, but you can spread it around, and that is roughly $49 million uh, for Aaron Rodgers and $40 million still owed to him from the Packers, regardless of what happens, trade, or if he were to be cut or anything like that, Aaron Rodgers is still owed that money, and again, $40 million in dead cap if the Packers do move on from Aaron Rodgers, so that would lead yourself to believe that the Jets' offer would need to be pretty darn lucrative for the Packers to carry such a huge dead cap charge, uh, exceeding the $35 million dead cap charge that the Buccaneers currently have for quarterback Tom Brady. Let's get you some more of this sound from yesterday's Summit League tournament from both Coach Eric Henderson and Aaron Johnson. We'll start uh, on the women's side. We heard from Coach Johnson is uh, opening to the press conference post game yesterday after the win over Oral Roberts. If there was one bugaboo in that game for the Jacks, it was turnovers. And here, here's how Coach addressed the turnover issue yesterday against Oral Roberts and if it'll be an issue today in the title game. Yeah, I thought just the style today probably created quite a few turnovers, and that's to Oral Roberts' credit. They did a really good job of that. Um, I, I really think that's what really played into it. You know, yes, two days ago when we had our first round game, we turned it over a little early there. I think the rest of the game we only turned it over one time. You know, so we got through some of that early just nerves and, and really settled in and play well. I think all year, I think in conference, we're averaging 11 turnovers a game. So I feel good about where we're at there. I think today had a lot more to do with style than it had to do with, with us not handling it well. 25 points, a career high for Haley Timmer in the win yesterday for South Dakota State women's basketball. Again, they will see Omaha in less than an hour as the women's title up for grabs today. Championship game getting going at 1 o'clock 
uh, at the Denny Sanford Premier Center. You can watch it on ESPN. You can watch it on Midco Sports locally as it will be a raucous crowd there and the support from the Jackrabbit and Yote fans this entire week and uh, the other fans making the trip to Sioux Falls has been nothing short of fantastic. That place has been more uh, full more often than not and uh, you always see a lot of blue and red in the stands regardless of who is playing. So it just goes to show the tremendous support uh, for women's basketball and men's basketball. This is one I wanted to play. It's not necessarily about the matchup yesterday or the matchup today from Coach Johnston, but this is just a really great comment about the growth of women's basketball, what it means to this area, and how this area has become such a hotbed for the sport as women's basketball continues to grow in our country. Yeah, I think... You know, girls basketball at the high school level, uh, women's basketball at the college level, at all levels, you know, from NAI Division Two to Division One, you know, women's basketball is a priority in the state of South Dakota. I think it always has been. And that's been uh, something we've benefited from because the talent level in our area is really good. And when you look out on that floor and see so many people from the state of South Dakota playing, it's a reflection of how the larger state, you know, values it. Um, and then I think as far as bringing players here, absolutely. I think all of our our, our young women love to represent their communities and their families. Uh, so many people grow up as a fan of South Dakota State or other schools. Um, and it means something, those players, when they come here to represent their, their families and communities. So uh, it, it's a great thing. We're lucky to have it. I think our fans not only help us in the tournament, but they're a huge part of what makes the tournament successful for all teams, quite honestly. Uh, when we're not playing, I still see blue out there, and that's a big part of what makes the tournament, uh, I think, a positive experience. Great answer there from head coach Aaron Johnston ahead of today's title game matchup with Omaha. We'll shift gears and talk about the men's team now. Of course, they lost by 10 uh, yesterday to North Dakota State. Rebounding was the big factor as uh, North Dakota State uh, out-rebounded and really a very big game for uh, for Grant Nelson, who both scored near 20 points and had 22, 20 points, 22 rebounds. And the 22 rebounds is a record a single game at the Summit League Tournament. So rebounding was a big story there. The final score, 89-79 in favor of North Dakota State. Of course, Jack fans out there wondering, will the season continue with some further uh, postseason exploration? See if you get an invite to uh, to any tournament. Uh, the first answer here is, uh, is Coach Henderson responding to the potential uh, for further postseason play. And the second half of this question is just pointing the ship towards next year and thinking about the future as well as the guys that will be back uh, within the program, here's head coach Eric Henderson of South Dakota State men's basketball. Man, this is a really hard day, Andrew. I, I don't even think about that stuff right now. I didn't think we were going to lose. Every time we play, I don't think we're going to lose. And so um, that's something that I haven't even talked to our players about. I, I don't I don't know. Um, there's a lot of different things that go into, you know, why you would play and why you wouldn't play, and we'll talk about that as a staff and administration and go from there. It's just, you know, how, how we've done it within our program. We don't really have captains. We just, you, you know, we expect all of our guys to, you know, represent our school and with, with great character. And um, we have five, you know, traits that we talk about all the time that are in a circle um, that keeps us together. And um, it's just kind of a next man up mentality, you know, and, and um, that's how we go about things. Um, we're not going to feel sorry for ourselves tonight for losing. We're just gonna we're just gonna get back on the court, give them a little time off, and we'll start working. And uh, we'll we'll work on skill development stuff. Um, we'll work on getting a little stronger. And um, 
probably do a few rebounding drills. Um, but, but we'll also spend just a lot of time together because at the end of the day, it's much you can see the love that our players have for each other. And um, this is a lot more than basketball. Good answers there from both head coaches. Again, Aaron Johnston first, and then most recently Eric Henderson just talking about the potential for uh, further games this postseason, i.e. a tournament invite for South Dakota State, and uh, if they would consider that. And then secondly, just the state of the program, and as they move forward, very positive outlook there as uh, Coach Henderson not focusing on last night's loss, but focusing on keeping that uh, ship pointed forward and uh, moving forward with the guys they got as uh, just a few people move on, including Alex Arians, who led the team in scoring last night and the uh, prior round game uh, as one of the seniors who will move on from the team. But things looking good uh, for South Dakota State men's basketball moving forward. South Dakota State women's basketball playing for the Summit League title in just about 45 minutes from the Denny Sanford Premier Center. When we come back, we'll get you a quick bracketology update before we hear from Josh Fenton, the commissioner of the Summit League here on Overtime. We're back after this on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. The afternoon here on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. We are back with the Tuesday edition of Overtime. Thanks so much, as always, for joining us right here on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. You can always hit me up via email, Bert at ESPNSiouxFalls.com. Also on Twitter, at Bert ESPN. And via the ESPN hotline, 605-362-3776. Well, let's get you the latest bracketology, including the auto-bid tracker for mid-major conferences as well as the major conferences, of course, Big Ten ACC tournament, uh, Big 12 tournament getting started uh, tomorrow or Thursday. Here's your auto bid so far. The Atlantic Sun, Kennesaw State, will be going to their first NCAA tournament uh, after they win the Atlantic Sun Conference. Out of the Big South, UNC Asheville. They've been to several tournaments lately. Drake won the Missouri Valley. Fairleigh Dickinson has not won the tournament yet out of the Northeast, but Merrimack, their opponent, isn't able to play in the NCAA tournament or NIT despite winning the Northeast Conference, and that's due to a recent transition to Division One. Uh, and Southeast Missouri State has won the Ohio Valley Conference. So how does this all shake up? One other auto bid as well. Uh, Furman will be heading to their first NCAA tournament since 1980 as they win the Southern Conference. That's the SoCon Championship this week. So now Jerry Palm's latest bracketology, your one seeds as it currently stands today. Of course, a lot of work to be done at conference tournaments, both in the Big Ten, Big 12, and American Athletic Conference. Kansas, Houston, Alabama, and Purdue are your top four seeds, followed by Marquette, Texas, Kansas State, and UCLA. Your three seeds, Arizona, Gonzaga, UConn, and Baylor, and the four seeds, Virginia, Tennessee, Indiana and Xavier. This means nothing definitively right now, but again, bracketology is an art form and a science for Jerry Palm, who's joined us on the show quite a bit. And uh, those are your top four seeds in all regions right now, but a lot of movers and shakers still to be had as conference tournaments coming up around the corner. And in case your team's on the bubble, just like mine is, here's your last four in, last four out, or last four in, first four out, rather, as it sits right now. Penn State, 
Mississippi State, Utah State, and Michigan are your last four in and your first four out. As it stands today, these teams need to have a good conference tournament or win their conference tournament to get in. Wisconsin, Oklahoma State, North Carolina, and Arizona State. All of this available at CBSSports.com. You just got to Google CBS Sports and Jerry Palm Bracketology, and it'll take you right there to see the latest projections for the upcoming NCAA tournament. When we come back, we'll recap the great tournament that's been going on since Friday here in Sioux Falls. Summit League Commissioner Josh Fenton on the other side of this break on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. It's time once again for a Twins Minute on Sports on the Go. Download the free app now. This is ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. We are right back with you on hour number two of Overtime on an overcast Tuesday in the Sioux Empire. The Summit League men's and women's basketball tournaments have been going in Sioux Falls at the Denny Sanford Premier Center since Friday. Very successful tournament yet again this year. will conclude today, 1 o'clock the women's final, 8 o'clock the men's final. And we go to the ESPN hotline now as we're joined by Summit League Commissioner Josh Fenton once again. We got caught up with the commission last week ahead of the tournament starting and now with just a few games to go uh, welcome back to the show, Josh. We appreciate the time you give us as always, and congratulations on a uh, very successful tournament again thus far. Thanks, Bert. Great to be with you. Yeah, we're excited for obviously championship day here, uh, crowning a couple champions on the women's side. A lot to look forward to. Again, SDSU and Omaha on the women's side. That's a 1 o'clock start. And North Dakota State and Oral Roberts on the men's side getting going at 8 o'clock tonight. Both games will be televised on ESPN as well. As Midco Sports, uh, Josh, it's been a lot of fun to be out at the tournament. It's been fun to be a part of it, but also to witness the spectacle with all the fans and all everything going on is just so well run. So I wanted to obviously go ahead and first commend you and everybody at the Summit League, Sioux Falls Sports Authority, as well as uh, the Denny Sanford Premier Center for putting on such a tremendous event. What were some highlights of uh, your week and weekend at the tournament so far and uh, just some some big moments for you and what has been another successful tournament? Well, I think the biggest thing is just getting getting back into the Premier Center and getting back to the, the basketball tournament. I mean, we we obviously had it last year and years past, and you know it leaves us. And then I think people feel a little melancholy, and then they're excited when it kind of comes back around. So, just to be into the venue on Friday and obviously kicking off with some great action that day, and then continuing over the next three days um, was 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 great to just just be a part of. You know, for me, Saturday afternoon. Uh, during the SDSU women's game, their their first game, when we honored um, our Title IX ambassadors from five of our schools um, at halftime, that, that was a pretty special moment. And uh, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of Title IX. And so to be able to do that in, in a way that we could with, with a great crowd um, was pretty special. And so that, that was a special moment. You know, certainly the extra day of basketball on Friday was was great. Um, and then the other thing is just kind of seeing the energy and excitement around the community, obviously around the venue, but you know, if you go in and around downtown, 
uh, you see our, our uh, kind of promotional street pole banners up, and it's just been a great, great environment, a great experience. The Title IX celebration, obviously, 50 years is extraordinary, but I wanted to ask you, uh, in regards to women's basketball, and if you go down to the high school level at girls' basketball, this area of the country seems to be a hotbed for the growth of that sport. And I know people take it very seriously, and that helps with uh, at the elementary level all the way up to high school and then to college, but from a Summit League vantage point, I think that the league does a tremendous job at growing that sport, uh, and what have been some keys in your eyes as to what has made it such a successful sport, both in the Summit League and as and as it continues to grow across the country? Well, number one, it it, it needs to be a priority, and I, I think you know if you look back into our history of intercollegiate athletics, I'm not suggesting it wasn't a priority, but obviously it was treated differently than maybe some of the male counterparts counterpart sports, and and that just wasn't the right thing to do. And so, you know, we've, we've prioritized it, um, a little bit more. Certainly I think our league is, has done so, uh, maybe more, more than others. I, I think a couple things to that. I think the combined men's and women's tournament experience has been with the league for a while now, and not all leagues run a combined men's and women's tournament and, and they do it or don't do it for certain reasons. Um, but we do it for a particular reason of giving a, equitable experience uh, for both our men's and women's programs. And that that's really important. And I, and I think, you know, the women's programs and men's programs coming to the premier center and it feeling kind of the same thing um, is, is a priority. And that that's one way we can prioritize around uh, women's basketball, you know, and I think the other, the other thing just kind of goes uh, outside of the league office, but more to our institutions. I think our institutions see uh, just tremendous opportunity across all sports, but in particular women's basketball. And, and I think you've seen our institutions um, commit uh, to successful uh, women's basketball programs, investing in, in women's basketball. And I think that that's proven uh, in some of the competitiveness that we've seen over time. And so really excited to obviously see the women's game uh, continue to, to grow. And, and it, uh, no doubt it's going to be a, a significant priority within the league for, for a long, long time. We heard Coach Aaron Johnston of SDSU Women's Basketball in the postgame press conference yesterday, audio we had on earlier in the show today about the growth and, and how this area takes women's basketball so seriously, and that's what's really uh, helped springboard it up to the collegiate level for USD and South Dakota State locally, but of course the, the league as a whole, the Summit League, such a great job with the growth and continued uh, tremendous growth of uh, women's basketball across the country. Talking with Summit League Commissioner Josh Fenton here on Overtime, ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. Uh, as far as the matchups go today, both number one seeds are still alive, but uh, no other top seeds made it to the final. But you do have North Dakota State, the three seed on the men's side, and the seven seed Omaha facing off. We'll start on the women's game today. Uh, SDSU undefeated regular season. They've been in the mix for a title recently and uh, have had a lot of success at the Summit League tournament in the past. And then you got uh, Omaha sitting there with uh, fresh off of a couple games they played in the play-in and have made their way here with a few upset victories. Uh, what do you make of that first matchup of the day that's set to get going here shortly at 1 o'clock? Well, it should be a great matchup. You know, I, I give Carrie Banks and, and her staff a lot of credit down at Omaha. Uh, they persevered through some you know challenging times during the season. Uh, seem to be playing their best basketball right now, uh, which is exciting for them. And I know that they're going to give their best to, uh, to, the, to the South Dakota State women's program. 
that program in particular obviously has been our best women's program during the entire season. And, you know, it's kind of been clearly our best women's program as, as of late, maybe in the past month to two months. And so um, they're, they're going to be tough. Uh, obviously, AJ does a great job up there. Um, historically, they, they've been good. Um, but, you know, that's why we play the games. And so uh, I, I expect a, a great basketball game, and I think both teams will, will give it their all, and you know we'll, we'll see what happens at the end. That's the 1 o'clock start time for the women's title game at the Summit League Tournament, Denny Sanford Premier Center. Again, Omaha and top-seeded South Dakota State. The night game is the men's title game. That's going to get going at 8 o'clock. North Dakota State with the upset win over South Dakota State last night. I know local fans are a little disappointed that the Jacks won't be in it. There will still be plenty of blue in the stands, I'm sure, Josh, but uh, it's going to be North Dakota State and Oral Roberts, again, ORU similar to SDSU, undefeated in conference play. South Dakota State did it last year, got the title, and uh, and also finished undefeated in the regular season. Uh, should be a high-flying matchup again, and North Dakota State dominated the glass against South Dakota State last night. Uh, so should be a, a very fun one to watch with a lot of star power out on the court tonight at 8. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, to be honest with you, they're kind of a similar story to what we just talked about on, on the women's side. Um you know, if you look at Dave Richmond and his staff and their team, you know, early in the year, they, they went through some really challenging times during the non-conference portion. You know, it took a while actually to win a game. Um, but credit to, to Dave and, and the staff for kind of writing the ship. Certainly the players are a big part of that. Um, and they're playing their best basketball at, at, at the most important time of the year. Um, you know, you talked about the rebounding last night, you know, Nelson and, Morgan were were really good on the glass, and Bowden Scunberg was was hitting shots last night. So, so, so they'll be tough. Um, now, they're they're running into uh, what has been our best on the men's side the entire season, and and Paul Mills, obviously a great basketball coach, uh, just good tactical mind, uh, knows how to prepare his team from a scouting standpoint, and so the Golden Eagles are going to be ready, and and uh, they've got some of the best players. Uh, frankly, in mid-major basketball, to some extent, the country. Obviously, Max Aismas, uh Connor Vanover, um, Ice McBride. I mean, we we could go down the list with, yep. with that team. They're deep. Um, they can shoot it. Um, but I, I think that's this matchup is going to be a, a tough matchup because of just the growth and maturity of North Dakota State over the past couple of months. And so, to me, a really fun one to watch. I, I understand the the local flavor maybe isn't there, but. I hope fans realize that this is going to be an incredible basketball game. And, you know, if you can get out to the Premier Center, please do, because I think you, it won't disappoint. Definitely echo that sentiment. As uh, South Dakota State, obviously, really strong program. North Dakota State, uh, toe-to-toe last night. They end up getting the win. But even without the local teams involved, this is some top-tier basketball throughout the day today. 1 o'clock for the women, 8 o'clock for the men to round out another tremendous year. And, Josh, uh, as I let you go, I just wanted to share a, a little personal anecdote here. Uh, this is my second year here in Sioux Falls, second year at the tournament. Uh, last year just blew my mind. The overall attendance and the experience, especially during the daytime sessions during the week. Uh, we saw that yesterday. We'll see that today. Um, and then this year, floating around as as both a media member and being there in kind of the fan circles as well, being around coworkers and people in my section uh, as we watch certain games uh, there are so many rumblings of just great compliments and feelings overall for the tournament in Sioux Falls, how it's put on, the way people are treated, and how efficient and great everything is from the presentations up on the video board to the halftime shows to whatever. So I wanted to commend 
Uh, you personally, Summit League, everybody there, the volunteers are fantastic. Uh, and then, of course, uh, everybody with the Sioux Falls Sports Authority and the Denny Sanford Premier Center uh, themselves. So uh, I can say this uh, from many conversations that I've had or conversations that I've overheard uh, this weekend and beginning portion of this week. Just a tremendous tournament, and I wanted to just say thanks and, and job well done on another great uh, Summit League tournament this year. Well, I appreciate the, the very kind comments, Bert. As you, as you know, uh, most people know, the total team effort, right? And we just have yep. an incredible staff. I mean, Mindy Gaylars, our deputy commissioner, does a great job, and she leads um, on getting our staff prepared, and then certainly the partners that we bring in, the volunteers, all the people that you mentioned. Uh, couldn't do it without them, and so I uh, really appreciate those comments and look forward to wrapping up uh, another great tournament with one more day here. Looking forward to it as well. That's uh, Summit League Commissioner Josh Fenton here on Overtime. Uh, Josh, we'll talk to you soon, I hope. And again, uh, hope to bump into you today there at the Premier Center. Sounds good. Thanks, Bert. Summit League Commissioner Josh Fenton, our guest here on Overtime. Again, unbelievable atmosphere, unbelievable tournament, all here in Sioux Falls at the Denny Sanford Premier Center, right on the heels of another great tournament last week in the NSIC uh, bravo to those two conferences and the venues and the staff that helps put those events on because they are top-notch here in Sioux Falls. Very spoiled uh, for Sioux Falls, South Dakota to have those two great tournaments. Again, those get wrapped up today. The women's tournament, that will tip off at 1 o'clock. You'll want to be there early. It will be packed for the South Dakota State women as they look to win another Summit League title. That's a 1 o'clock start time against Omaha then you got to wait till 8 o'clock tonight, but it'll be worth the wait. North Dakota State and Oral Roberts doing battle for the men's title from the Summit League Tournament, and that'll be quite the matchup. you got Max Asmus uh, and so many talented players there for Oral Roberts, and then you got the resurgent group, a team that beat South Dakota by two and then handled South Dakota State last night, uh, has been playing their best basketball here in Sioux Falls, and North Dakota State will be quite the foe for Oral Roberts that is for sure. Again, 1 o'clock for the women's game, 8 o'clock for the men's game, and the Summit League tournament will be concluded for the season. Unbelievable how fast it goes, all the quality basketball from Friday to Tuesday. Again, special thanks to all the folks that put that event on here in the 605. That will do it for our conversation with Summit League Commissioner Josh Fenton. Coming up next, we will round out the Tuesday edition of the show with the good, the bad, and the ugly as always, brought to you by Prostralo All-American Auto Mall in Madison, South Dakota. That's immediately next, right here on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. Now what? Julie Baseball, it's all here on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. Back to wrap up our number two of overtime on your Tuesday. Special thanks as always to Summit League Commissioner Josh Benton for joining us moments ago on overtime to recap another great year of the Summit League basketball tournaments here in Sioux Falls. The women's game getting going here very soon. It's a 1 o'clock tip time. South Dakota State looking to win a title after an undefeated regular season. Get out to the Premier Center. 1 o'clock tip time as they battle Omaha for the title. 
And the men's game, you got to wait till 8 o'clock tonight, and it will live up to the billing. North Dakota State and Oral Roberts for the men's championship game. Again, an 8 o'clock start time. Tons of star power out on the floor. NDSU rebounding and scoring their way into that title game with a win over South Dakota State. And Oral Roberts trailed to St. Thomas at the half, but proved just how tough they are in paving their way to yet another title game. And Oral, Oral Roberts just looking to finish the job, similar to what South Dakota State did last year. Undefeated regular season, and they run to the Summit League Tournament title. 1 o'clock and 8 o'clock, the tip times for those games as we round out today's edition of Overtime with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Many days there are those who can be called a problem child. You know the ones. They have a tendency to display an ugly side. They have their whining moments. Some display an outright bad side of themselves. And then there are those who stand out in a good way. Well, here they are. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, the bad, and the ugly brought to you by Prestralo All-American Auto Mall in Madison, South Dakota. Visit them in person in Madison or check them out online at prestraloautomall.com. We will start with the good, and it is very good to be Connor McDavid these days. He scored twice to push his NHL leading goal total to 54 and set a career high with 124 points. During a 3-2 win over the Sabres last night, McDavid continued to make a case to win his third Hart Trophy for MVP in eight seasons with his 12th multi-goal game of the season, helping the Oilers to a pivotal, pivotal two points in a clogged Western Conference playoff race. The finish was all-world, Edmonton coach Jay Woodcroft said of McDavid, scoring the go-ahead goal on the fly by beating Craig Anderson through the legs with 3.23 to go in the third and less than two minutes after the Sabres tied the game at two, McDavid's 124 points in 65 games are one more than the career best he set in 80 games last year. And the All-Star Center extended his point streak to 11 games, which he has 12 goals and 15 assists. A crowd from Eastern Conference City that isn't often doesn't often get to see McDavid in person appeared to have gotten their money's worth, though the hometown Sabres failed to pick up two points in their fight for a wild card berth. Things very good for Connor McDavid and the Oilers now as things continue to heat up in the National Hockey League. Again, we got a full recap and preview of what's ahead with Anna Dua of NHL.com earlier in the show today, but safe to say it will be a fun lead-up to the summer in the National Hockey League. More good news to share today, and this one is good because it's competition at the highest level. After the Texas Longhorns' first spring practice, Coach Steve Sarkeesian said yesterday that all positions are up for grabs, including quarterback, where sophomore Quinn Ewers and freshman Arch Manning will compete for the starting job. Here's a quote from Sark. I'm not worried about who's going to be on the cover of what magazine next week. I'm more focused on is each guy focusing on what they need to do to develop to be the best player they can be. Quinn has had an entire year of a head start, but I don't want to hold Arch back. I want to see how far he can take this thing and what it can look like. Both were highly coveted recruits with yours ranked as the number two player in the 2021 ESPN 300 and Manning, one of the most high-profile recruits in history at number five in the 2023 edition. Ewers arrived last season as a transfer from Ohio State, started 10 games, throwing 
for 2,200 yards and 15 touchdowns versus just six interceptions and was named Big 12 Offensive Newcomer of the Year. But again, you got Arch Manning coming to town, a kid that's been recruited and whispered about for five, ten years. So it should be a great competitive atmosphere there, and I don't think Texas can really lose in this thing, outside of, of course, if it costs them games, the quarterback controversy, but I don't think it will because both of these guys, very high-caliber starters. Ewers played fantastic in moments last year and uh, obviously battled some injuries, but I don't think that this team can lose with this quarterback situation, and the two high-profile names might bounce around a little bit. There might be some exchanges depending on how Texas is this year, uh, as far as some benchings and some opportunity to get a look at Arch Manning, I think it's Quinn Ewers' job based on the experience, and most high school quarterbacks aren't ready to go in and star right away. But if they are, they're usually these top-tier recruits like an Arch Manning. Uh, so things going to be interesting down there in Austin, and Texas might be back. I won't say that they are, because they've proven that they aren't in the past 5, 10, 15 years. But with this quarterback situation and the talent pool that they have as their recruiting hotbed just in that state, I think they have an opportunity to be back by the end of Arch Manning's career there in Austin. And Ewers could bring them back this year, but Arch Manning has an unlimited ceiling, it seems, and has an opportunity to go and be pretty darn special in the NFL following the footsteps of his father and uncle and uh, it'll be awfully interesting to see if Texas can actually be officially back moving forward. But I like their chances as they've got the quarterback situation pretty well figured out here in 2023. On to the bat now, an Iowa State appeals board has approved a settlement for more than $4 million in a lawsuit brought by former Iowa football players who alleged racial discrimination in Coach Kirk Ferentz's program. The Office of State Auditor Rob Sand disclosed the proposal on Monday, and he said... He would oppose using taxpayer money to pay a portion of the settlement unless University Athletic Director Gary Barta is fired. Enough is enough. Clear personal accountability is necessary. I will not support taxpayers funding this settlement unless Gary Barta is no longer employed at the university and forfeits any severance or similar pay. Sanders asserted in a letter to the Iowa State Appeal Board, I encourage you to join me. Real accountability will help prevent discrimination protecting both taxpayers and future victims. But the three-member state appeal board voted 2-1 to one to approve the use of $2 million in state money for a settlement. Sand is a member of the board, along with State Treasurer Roby Smith and Department of Management Director Craig Paulson. Paulson, before voting yes, said it's not up to the board to play a role in BARDA's employment status. He says, we're here to make a decision as to what is in the best interests of Iowa and it seems to me, upon the recommendation of the Attorney General, that this is a wise decision to make, Paulson said. That's according to the Des Moines TV station KCCI. A message was left for Tulsa base attorney Demario Solomon Simmons, who brought the lawsuit on behalf of about a dozen black former players in 2020. The response to a request for comment from BARDA, the athletic department put out a statement attributed to him. The athletic department remains committed to providing an inclusive and welcoming environment for every student, athlete, and staff member involved in our program. The Hawkeyes' overarching goal to win every time we compete, graduate every student athlete that comes to Iowa, and do it right remains our focus. Lastly, got to hear from the head coach in the face of the program. That's Kirk Ferentz. He said in a statement that he is, quote-unquote, greatly disappointed by how the matter was resolved. He said negotiations took place 
between the plaintiff's attorney and the Iowa Attorney General's office, which represents the university and the State Board of Regents. Ferentz went on to say, these discussions took place entirely without the knowledge or consent of the coaches who were named in the lawsuit. In fact, the parties originally named disagree with the decision to settle, fully believing that the case would have been dismissed with prejudice before trial. So, Kirk Ferentz pushing back on the admission of guilt that a lawsuit uh, and the impending uh, award of $4 million uh, suggests. And it's just an ugly situation there in Iowa. was from the very start uh, with the situation and the alleged discrimination within the program there for the Hawkeyes. And Kirk Ferentz has come under fire for this, as is his son and others named uh, in the lawsuit. But again, a $4 million settlement was approved as the Iowa football players who allege racial discrimination in Kirk Ferentz program win an award of $4 million in the settlement of that case. Lastly, we'll move on to the ugly. This made the good, the bad, and the ugly yesterday. But another layer has emerged in the John Morant uh, news cycle in regards to this uh, investigation of his actions from over the weekend. Police in Colorado said that they are investigating Morant's actions from over the weekend after the Memphis Grizzlies star posted an Instagram live video in which he displayed what appeared to be a gun while at a nightclub. The Glendale Police Department confirmed the incident took place at a bar in Glendale, a small enclave surrounded by Denver, known for its strip clubs and shopping centers. The department said it's investigating whether Morant might have broken any gun laws. Colorado is an open carry state, although there are exceptions to the law. That's according to this article at ESPN.com. The exceptions to the law include carrying the firearm on federal property. It's also illegal in Colorado to possess a firearm while under the influence of alcohol. NBA rules prohibit a player from possessing a firearm while on team property or traveling on team business. In the video live stream by Morant, it's not clear whether he is intoxicated, but others in the video were shown drinking. Captain Jamie Dillon told the Associated Press that police did not receive any calls or complaints about Morant's action, but began looking into the matter on Saturday after learning about the video circulating online. And again, the latest update on John ja Morant and his status in the NBA and with the Grizzlies. He is away from the team as the NBA still is conducting their investigation into recent events, including this most notable recent event from over the weekend. The Grizzlies have not given a definitive timeline for his return. Coach Taylor Jenkins said on Sunday before Memphis's loss to the Clippers, Memphis plays the Lakers in L.A. tonight. That is the good, the bad, and the ugly, as always brought to you by Prestralo All-American Auto Mall in Madison, South Dakota. No bad cars, no ugly ones, only great ones at Prestralo's. Check them out online. View their great selection of new and used vehicles at PrestraloAutomall.com. We will wrap up the show with that and remind you once again, we are about five minutes away from tip-off at the Denny Sanford Premier Center. If you have tickets or you haven't been out yet, get out to the Premier Center as SDSU women's basketball battles Omaha here shortly for the Summit League title. Men's title tonight, 8 o'clock, Oral Roberts, North Dakota State. That'll be a fantastic game as well. Until tomorrow, we will say so long and thanks for being along for the ride, Sioux Falls. More overtime coming your way Wednesday at 11. Until then, we'll talk to you later on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO.
just promoted 